Well, welcome to After Hours, the first full two-hour After Hours in as long as I or Brett or Krista can remember. But it will be worth your while. I'm sitting here with uh, Petra Van Noys and Andy Brown, a couple and a leading and not just a leading couple. And the I think of you know Judy Roberts and Greg Fishman and and a few others, but they are a leading couple on the Chicago jazz and music scene. They have a new CD out. It's great to see you too. Great to see you, Rick. Yes. Now you you <laughs> you laughed when I said, "Oh, the high school sweethearts." <laughs> the way in which you guys met is so beyond charming to me. <laughs> It's in Cincinnati. It's Cincinnati School for Creative and Performing Arts. And you was almost love at first sight for, for one of you, was it not? <laughs> <laughs> and that one was me. Because <laughs> you thought what? he was cute. Oh, well, well he still, still is. is cute. Look at him right now. <laughs> if only they could see me through <laughs> the air. <laughs> but you, at, at the time, Petra, you, you aspired to a, a musical theater career, did you not? That's correct. Yeah, I was doing mostly musicals and dancing mostly yeah so um andy was actually not playing jazz at that time blues. either he was playing blues good yeah. memory yeah well wow. when you read an old story it brings back <laughs> it doesn't just bring back pleasant <laughs> memories it brings back facts too good hey, andy remind me when you 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 changed and what happened to draw you away Maybe you've never been totally drawn away from blues but you began to concentrate on yeah. jazz why that's a great question. I mean, when I started playing middle of high school, playing guitar, I just was interested in rock and roll, sure. Jimi Hendrix, Eric Clapton, Jeff Beck, you know, R.I.P., um, all those great players. And they would talk about the great blues players and then the great blues players like B.B. King and Albert King. And all those people would talk about the great jazz players like Charlie Christian and Django Reinhardt. And so it just it took me a while. I mean, uh, I would hear jazz and... You know, when I was in my rock phase, kind sure. of I think it was kind of boring or just very intellectual. It took me a while to hear the warmth and beauty. And uh, I mean, it didn't take that long, but a couple of years. And uh, and then I just kind of took to it like a fly takes to air. <laughs> what is the difference, if you can characterize the difference between blues guitar and jazz guitar? That's a, that's a good question. I mean... Uh, I'd say jazz is a little more sophisticated. I mean, jazz is kind of an interesting blend of African-American music and Western classical music. Yeah, you know, yeah. jazz is sort of this, this spot in between the two. So all the great early jazz players were inspired by the great classical composers. And I think it's sort of a fusion uh, of blues and maybe classical music, I guess. So it, you know, so a lot of it's very similar. I mean, when I have students now and people who come and say they've never really heard jazz, you know, I tell them just listen to it like you would rock or pop or anything that you like, and just try to find the beauty and the romance and the soul and all that kind of stuff. You know, and Petra, how were you drawn to it? I mean, you're a showbiz gal, and and all of a sudden you you are now. One to my mind, one of the great jazz singers around, as you will hear during this Thank hour. You. Well, um, I I guess I don't now. I don't make so much of a distinction at all. I just it's just all honestly just all music, kind of what Andy was saying. But um, I was drawn to it because a lot of the I liked 
When I was in musical theater, I liked all the older shows, like the Rodgers and Hammerstein, the mm-hmm. classics. Yeah, yeah, sure. Which is kind of where I am with jazz as well. Um, a lot of other singers might do more contemporary um, styles, or they might kind of mix in a more contemporary even sound of their voice. Um, I always liked the old stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know what it, sure. what it is about me. Even when I was a little kid, before I knew what jazz was or what the difference with show singing and jazz singing, I just liked anything that now that it occurs to me now it sounded like it was from like the 1940s or the 30s or, or the 50s i guess it's somewhere in that range do you two both have a uh, any trouble with i have ever had trouble with having to pigeonhole different kinds of music that that i'm strictly a jazz person i don't do this i don't do that is that a, you you two seem to have a a sort of open-mindedness about what you do and what you play it's yeah we do i mean it's hard i think i don't want to speak for petra but you know for when you're a one of the more controversial things in jazz is jazz singing i mean that's an endless debate you know was frank sinatra a jazz singer you know is mel torme you know a jazz singer is rosemary clooney a jazz singer you know and like some people, I mean, you know, some people like to argue and some people like to debate just for fun. I always find those conversations kind of limiting. I mean, you know, the CD that we've recently put out was a tribute to Julie London. She'd be another one. Like some people would say, oh, she's she's not a jazz. That's not jazz. She's not a jazz singer. So so in some people's mind, a jazz singer, you have to sort of scat sing, you know, shooby dooby dooby. Right, 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 and, right, right. And, and do lots of really uh, vocal you know, gymnastics and stuff. And some of the greatest singers did that so well, like Ella Fitzgerald, Sarah Vaughan, sure. people. So, but, but there's that sort of, I think the view of what a jazz singer is has actually gotten much narrower as the years have gone by. You know, people have that Ella Fitzgerald, Sarah Vaughan picture, and anything that's not that is immediately like, not jazz in their mind or something yeah i think you're right yeah so the pigeonholes get strange i mean and it's the same for me i mean one of the best compliments i think we ever get and i think we both get this somewhat regularly is i thought i hated jazz but i really like this (laughs) you know well i have ever been one too that that all it takes like if someone comes in and i don't even care if it's country music does i hate country music or i hate jazz or i hate blues yeah i will argue with them look give it 10 minutes let me play you two songs that are certifiably country or blues or jazz and it's 10 minutes out of your life that could enrich the rest of your life (laughs) you will hear these two play from their new cd lonely girl we'll talk about how that cd came to be because it's hard getting a cd these days there are a lot of performers who say, why bother? Because people are streaming everything. And yeah. what's the point? And it's a beautiful, beautiful CD. Thank you. And I also want to know, why Julie London? <laughs> we'll be back in a couple minutes. Welcome back. I am with uh, Petra Van Noyes and Andy Brown. And we're talking about their latest CD. It's called Lonely Girl. It's kind of an homage to Julie London, who is, you know, when you think jazz singers, she's not on the top of that list but man this is a great great cd what's the seed of this cd how did this come to be this came to be actually it strangely wasn't our idea even though we're major julie london fans and in fact julie london was the probably the first singer that got me into singing quote-unquote jazz so it all worked out well um there's a japanese label that has reissued 
all of our other CDs, and they... How did that happen? Um, some very bright some, Japanese entrepreneurs. <laughs> yeah, somebody we knew. Somebody in Japan fa- like found me online. This is maybe 10 years ago or something. And he was kind of a Japanese producer and recommended me to this uh, company that, that they mostly are in the business of re-releasing both old um, things like a lot of very famous old recordings that just didn't get released onto CD or didn't get released in Japan, at least. And then they also do some newer people. So they re-released our other CDs, and they decided that they wanted um, an original CD, not not a re-release, but a a release in Japan. And they came up with the idea of Julie London, because Julie London very For you two, that's (laughs) very flattering, I think. It was great. I mean, and and Julie London, you know, for those listeners who aren't familiar, I mean, she was an actress who was also a wonderful singer and her husband uh when she was just an actress that was that when i believe it was bobby troop yeah mm-hmm. it was her husband who wrote route 66 and all that stuff and he said you got to hear julie sing and julie you got to get out there and so her first record was a real landmark it's called julie is her name and it was her with just uh upright bass and then barney kessel on guitar oh, wow and so for guitarists it's an especially important recording like how to accompany a singer by the record barney kessel with julie london julie is her name and so that set like this whole uh, that really made her a singing star and it set this whole genre of, of a singer with a very light background like just guitar and bass or something as opposed to i have to think i mean her most famous song is cry me a that's, river that's Correct. on that's the first and if song you, on the if you and in, in, in the movie it was seven year itch what movie did she haunt tom right i'm forgetting the name of the movie but i know what you're talking about right she haunted tom yule right. he would see her walking <laughs> right. down the stairs and, and she was uh, as, as uh, politically incorrect as it is it she was quite a dish as yeah, they he say was. that's that shouldn't be a politically incorrect <laughs> description of someone uh did you know all of her music did or were you surprised by some of the things that wound up on the cd i certainly was i i think we have quite a bit of her music were you performing her together yeah, I mean, we, we did a lot of – you know, she mostly sang what we would call standards. Sure. So some of the versions we had learned verbatim years and years ago, you know, again, it was a landmark record. And one of the ones I was playing around the house, you know, 25, 30 years ago when Petra was first getting into it and wanting to sort of jump from musical theater to so-called jazz singing, this was a – an album and and a couple others that she did that were very similar that I was playing all the time at home and so you know we had all this stuff in our head and then the label you know it was during the pandemic and they wanted us to do something brand new and we had been doing a lot of live streams you know as people did during the yeah, pandemic of course. so i had gotten a fair amount of expertise which i had never had going with audio recording for these live streams getting a good sound and all that and so when the label suggested this to us we said oh maybe we can record it just the two of us at home and, you know, they su- did suggest a few songs that I don't think we had ever done. And one of them is The End of the World. Yeah. And that was one we didn't know. Um, and we weren't sure if we could pull off. But what, but what a wonderful kind of a freedom for you two, I yeah. think. It was great. Yes? It was by far the easiest, most affordable, and most relaxing <laughs> CD that I've ever made. But, and it was, honestly, I like the sound that Andy captured. He got really good at home recording on my voice way more than any other 
recording this is engineer. Great. Let's, Krista. He's, let's let's listen. Let's listen to a bit of one. What do you? What would you like? Krista Flores will be. Want to do the end of the world? Yeah, just for what, fun. What cut is that? That is cut number four. Cut number four. Krista Flores is going <laughs> to play it, and you are going to listen to it. That's fascinating. Fascinating. That's really, really lovely. Thank How you. many cuts on the CD? There are 13 cuts. And how are they promoting it in in Japan? Well, they still have Tower Records. Wow. wow. <laughs> and they, they still have physical CD stores, not just Tower Records, but other right. physical CD stores. And they... Um, these people still buy CDs, although I have noticed, because we do get the royalty um, notices and whatnot, that it's mostly over there even more um, digital than physical CDs even there. But I think that, unlike here, there are still people that buy physical product. And in fact, they even have a lot of um, music stores, I've heard, where, like the old days here, there's a listening lounge. Oh, like You can put neat. on CDs or LPs. <laughs> Oh, I love that. We have now, to move to Japan, right? The next, well, the next step, the next step is to get is to tour Japan. I that mean, would, that would be, you know, I know the world is tightened, and I want to talk about that too after uh, after the news. I, the The ability to perform is one thing, but getting the crowds back is another. And I have some real, I have some philosophical ideas about people not going out and i for those of you who are scared uh to god i've had covid as many of you know and was hospitalized with covid and i am not scared to go out uh having had it as bad as you could possibly have it without without dying uh and i want to talk about that how your sense i mean you played earlier today right right petra Mm -hmm. and andy you're playing tonight correct at uh andy's right that's right Uh, so I, I just want to get your sense. We'll hear more music, too. Don't kid yourselves uh, <laughs> about what the state of live jazz is these days, because it has changed. The whole world has changed in the last two and a half years. For sure. Yeah, it's definitely. But the whole notion of uh, is Pete Miller still open? Sadly, in Evanston, they closed, they closed right before the pandemic. I mean, you know, this. And who knows if our experience can speak for you know the state generally but it you know it's definitely a confusing time i would say when you're in the performing arts you know all you have to do is flip open any newspaper and you read about you know broadway or the restaurant business or the music business you know some of the music business did well i think this past summer like rock shows where Mm -hmm. young people were going but the music that we do and i think classical music is really suffering you know it's just people are unsure what they should be yeah i want to talk about the nature of the crowds who are coming to see you in many ways i think the upside is that you may be cultivating a new yeah generation of listeners which i think would be fantastic but (laughs) me too you two are incredibly incredibly talented so ladies and gentlemen please stay tuned you will get some more music you will get some more conversation and uh You'll have a CD to buy. There you go. <laughs> uh, thanks. I was talking off the air. Thank you. Welcome back. I'm still with Petra Van Noyes and Andy Brown. talking. We just finished talking about their CD. We'll bring it up again, and you'll hear some more. We're talking about performing and what it's been like uh, over the last gee, two and a half, almost, gee, almost, almost three, three yeah. years. Almost three years. 
Did you lock down for a while? You must have. I mean, places closed and shut down. And Yeah. I mean, I'd say from March 2020 into about June, there was absolutely nothing. And then in the summer of 2020, there was a little bit till the fall. And then the fall was shut down till the spring of 2021. And then it's pretty much, you know, in terms of legally places being allowed to be open, that's since, you know, March of 2021, I think it's been that's been happening. But yeah, I mean, it's been an adventure. I mean, when you must share this, I mean, with the, you know, the community of you, you performers is a very solid, nurturing, uh, sort of understanding one. And you must have shared fears of of it's vi- one, big, one vi- big therapy group yeah I mean, of course it is yeah and I, I, I mean and everybody's you know there's so much involved in it there's so much politics there's so much conflicting information and you know everybody i think the politics of it really from the very beginning made it almost difficult to talk about because just of so many different ways of looking at it and you know everybody wanted to do the right thing i mean by the nature of it your job as a performing artist is to be the person that attracts human beings into a closed indoor space right? where they usually take drinks and eat food. And so the whole nature of it, like almost in some ways became, you almost felt like you were being vilified, like you're a bad person for encouraging people doing this bad behavior. Uh-huh. And, you know, it was just really, really surreal. It was like a science fiction movie because that's your whole job. We've been doing this our whole lives since we were teenagers, trying to get people off the couch and mm-hmm. into, into some place. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden, those people were bad who were doing that or who were coming and everybody was judging and there was so much encouragement in the media to, like, judge people or sure. criticize people yep. or... And it just was very, I mean, I, to be honest, the therapy group is ongoing. I don't think a lot of us, and not just performing artists, have even begun to process what we've all collectively had to go through. I mean, obviously, people like yourself got really, really sick, and unfortunately, so many people lost their lives. I mean, it's a horrible, horrible thing. And there's, you know, also when you're a performing artist, you feel kind of guilty. Like, you know, you don't want to complain too much because some people had some real problems. Of course, with of course. But I, I think that's been the case throughout life and throughout history there is always something and my feeling is that there are many people who are still afraid of going out to participate in life and i know you can watch stuff on tv and i know you can watch more movies and you know my brother who was in the entertainment business is is crazy now in australia but he's uh crazy for going to movie theaters i mean he he wants to he is yeah we are like desperate that mm-hmm. desperate to be out and that mm-hmm. human what you realize i think is human intercourse is of incredible value yeah human intercourse is human it is humanity thank you no <laughs> you you're know? right yeah, good mean, point good point yeah and it's scary. you know you're always if you're a performing artist you're always in a something of a battle with all these you know com- competition type things you know television radio social media the internet whatever it is and so 
part of the whole nightmare of COVID and the era that we're in somewhat is the sort of explosion of social media yeah. information that's may or may not be factually correct and everyone having an opinion and everyone getting fired up and more and more fired up and so you know it just it's always a hard sell to say hey leave your house and come hear some jazz and then when yeah. you throw this on top of it I mean it's definitely been very challenging and I mean like you said I think you know getting out interacting with other people to, in my view not just because of my job but I think that's like we were supposed to not do that until it was okay to do it and then when it was okay to do it I sort of thought the the game was like okay now we're going to go back with a vengeance yeah. <laughs> and where I sort of have issues with what's going on now is there's such a gray area and you almost can't even say even now encouraging people to go out is you almost feel like there's something wrong with that or you're Maybe it's not quite the the, the way things really are, but I, I don't know. I think I just, everybody's it, confused. Well, and it's also you know what people are missing. What people are missing. I mean, that is an aspect of life. I mean, I knew people before COVID who enjoyed staying home and watching you know streaming movies all the time. And I said, well, that's crazy. Go out. Go exactly. out somewhere. Go out somewhere and see. And it's live performance, I think, whether it's theater or anything else that is the essential thing of life. Let's hear a couple more minutes of another song from that fantastic CD called Lonely Girl. Well, speaking of going out, let's put on number five, which is called Something Cool. This is about a lady sitting at a bar well, talking to just about anybody who will listen, even if it means talking to herself. Well, I, I always liked those kind of ladies. My, my mom was like that. My mom was very much like that. Thanks, Krista. All right, you two. Uh, Petra Van Noyes and Andy Brown uh, play all over the place. You've been hearing stuff from their CD. Petra's... Uh, Website is Petra P E T R A Sings dot com. Andy Brown's is Andy Brown dot com. You can get other CDs. You can read about and see where they're playing because you guys still are playing a lot. Yeah, a we're, lot. We're really lucky. We play together every Wednesday at a place called Hemingway's Bistro, which is right in beautiful downtown Oak Park on Oak Park Avenue. It's a great French restaurant. We play duets uh, six to nine every Wednesday. Oh, how nice. How and nice. we play with our Recession 7 band uh, quite often. That's a seven-piece band with Eric Schneider, Russ Phillips, Art Davis, and the horn section. We'll be at the Jazz Showcase uh, February 28th, which is a little ways off, but that's yeah. a Tuesday night. And we're usually. People have to plan. They have to plan. Yeah. You know, there's so much to do. We're at Winter's Jazz Club with the Recession 7 quite a bit. And uh, Petra plays at La Piano every Saturday with a wonderful pianist named Dennis Luxon. They do a late night set from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. every Saturday. And wow. I'm lucky. I've got some nice steady gigs. I play at the Green Mill actually twice. Uh, week every week the green mill at lawrence and broadway i play solo guitar behind the bar every thursday for cocktail hour that's from 5 to seven thirty, and then i play there every monday with a wonderful fellow guitarist named joel patterson mm. and we do two guitars with bass and drums and we do all kinds of western swing blues uh some hawaiian music he brings a steel guitar we do a little Santo and Johnny. There's nothing like Hawaiian music <laughs> yeah. uh, in the wintertime in Chicago. Right, at the Green Mill. Well, I'm exactly. so pleased to hear yeah, this. This so. seems very yeah. active. Yeah, We have been really active. And I'm on my way. When we're done talking, uh, I'm going to head to Andy's Jazz Club where I play with my own quartet every Sunday night. So Every Sunday night? What yeah. time? Uh, we have sets right now at 7 and 9.15. 
This show works out perfectly. It works for out you. perfect. We'll you be should here come in here every. Week. Yeah, well, well I'm not on every week, but you should come in when I'm. Yeah, doing it feels this. good to be performing for both of us, and it most importantly feels good to see people coming. And you really have a sense. I was mentioning to you off the air. I mean, for both of us, you know, as performers, you hold yourself to a high standard, and you're always concerned about are you really doing a good job and all that and you're sort of in your head sometimes but ever since this whole situation with covid and now being able to be in rooms with people again you really recognize what your true purpose is which is to be bringing people together in a community and a collective experience of joy and togetherness and it sounds kind of corny but like when i go to andy's they have people in there from all over the city, all walks all of life. All over the world, too. And then all and over the world. That's a nice thing. And there was nothing about it on TV. There was nothing about it, you know, in any kind of media, really. Mm-hmm. It's just there. Somebody told them to come in, and all of a sudden, we're in a room together having some laughs. Mm. And, you know, having a good time, drinking, eating, laughing. Now, does Petra go there, or does she go home to take care of the cats? <laughs> or is she at home with the she cats? She usually goes home and takes care of the cats. <laughs> <laughs> But the pandemic has also taught us um, how much we want it. We had this joke during the height of the pandemic when we'd be playing a lot of outdoor gigs in 40-degree weather, you know, those days. And uh, Andy would always look over at me and say, how bad do you want it? (laughs) (laughs) And that became like our slogan. But that is something that I've learned from all of this is that it turns out we want it really bad. Yeah. And we want to be playing, and we want to enjoy life and be part of humanity. <laughs> it's well, important and you to want, us. And it, it's always been palpable to me, the relationship between performers and audience. They really, some people think, well, you know, is the performers doing everything. The audience, there's a conversation going For there. Sure. Don't you think? And a relationship in any venue with any performer, you two must feel it. Completely. That's what was missing during the live streams. Sure, we all hobbled something together and survived, but um, singing to a computer is not like singing to live people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're not, you can't see them, and you can't see the reaction. And, and unfortunately, you then you're just looking at yourself, which is even more terrifying. <laughs> which is even scarier. <laughs> that was one of the scariest things for me about the pandemic outside of the health concerns we all had was like the stoppage of art. I mean, it sounds yeah. dramatic, but I mean, you know, I used to just lay awake thinking there's no theater, there's no movies, there's nobody in a coffee house talking about a book, there's no music on the whole planet almost i mean that to me and that's why i feel like there's some processing of this you know i'm sort of in a rush because of my job and everything to want it to all just be over and some people want it maybe go on like a lot longer than maybe it needs to and who knows what the real answer is but certainly processing it i feel like that's been way undervalued like that was crazy (laughs) to have no music no art no movies, no readings no, no readings poetry, no poetry no, no poetry dance club. no right. coming together i mean to me it's like man i mean that's a dramatic dramatic thing that like is not to be taken lightly that i feel like you know in the chatter and the endless bickering and it just the the, the lack of concerted effort to process that to me is almost remarkable in and of itself but i also i also get the sense and just listening to you talk is you two are very hopeful people. 
Yeah. We always have been like that. I always say it's kind of strange because I'm, I'm of Dutch heritage and we're very practical people. So aside from deciding to be a jazz singer, which is completely impractical, <laughs> I'm very practical within that decision. Like I, I just I think we both are. We just try to do what we can with what we're given. And I learned during the pandemic I mean, Andy was the one who really kicked it into gear with these live streams and everything. And I always say to him now, like, if there if there were a war, like, I would I would follow you. Like, you're the general. Whatever you tell me to do, I'm doing. If we're invaded by people <laughs> from another planet. Yes. Andy, where are you? Andy yeah. is very, he's very calm and logical in a moment of terror and panic. Like, in a way that I'm not. I'm very much... I'm a very emotional thinker, and he's he's very clear-headed and very practical. Uh, you two are really something. I've known you for more than a decade, and have admired you for uh, like that long, right. and like admire much. you, admire you even Back more, at you. even Back more at you. now. Let's end, if it's okay, with uh, a bit of Crimea River. Of course, that's the last track. Uh, that's the final track, thirteen, and uh, I thank you and. You, ladies and gentlemen, will be able to read about these two in an upcoming edition of your Sunday Tribune. It'll be great to write about you again, because I already have the background about how you met in the cute little... It's a meat. It is a beyond meat-cute thing with these two. Uh, so go play. Walk over. Go okay. play at Andy's, and I will see and talk to you soon, and thanks for coming in. Thanks, thanks Rick. Rick. Great to great see to you. Great to be here.